0: Welcome back to another episode of Dear Found Her. Today I am talking to Carrie O'Brien, who is the founder, CEO, and lead designer at Commando, a 20 year old brand that started with one product and now includes hundreds. Carrie talks about how she started, how she expanded, and where she's going. But most important, Carrie talks about how she built her business her own way. Her story is fascinating, and I cannot wait to share it with you. But before we dive into today's episode, I'm your host, Lindsay Pinchuk. I have been building brands for nearly 25 years, and with a $500 investment, I founded, built, and sold a seven-figure business that reached 3 million people per month. This podcast is my twice-weekly letter to you to inspire you to find success through your own entrepreneurial endeavors. This podcast is really the show I wanted 13 years ago when I myself became a female founder. If there is anything that you want to hear about or that you want me to share to help you through whatever it is that you have on your plate as an entrepreneur, I invite you to reach out. And if you're inspired by today's episode, I invite you to share it. Please text it to a friend or share it to your stories on Instagram. You can tag me at Lindsay Pinchuk or at Dear Found Her. I absolutely will come and say hi. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, we would love it if you left a five-star rating or a review wherever it is that you podcast. That's how other entrepreneurs and female founders can discover our show and the incredible stories that we share here each and every week. So today's guest is a fourth-generation Vermonter. Carrie O'Brien has always done things a little bit differently. After a 10 working in financial public relations in New York City, she shifted her efforts to her next chapter, revolutionizing her top drawer. With no background in design, Carrie launched Commando in 2005 with the first seamless elastic and trim-free undergarments. 20 years later, Commando has walked hundreds of red carpets and fashion runways. It's been featured on dozens of magazine covers, some infamously, and holds two patents for innovative design in hosiery and slips, and you'll hear Carrie talk a little bit about that today. Her unique approach to design has positioned Commando as a trailblazer in the industry, which led her to induction in the Council of Fashion Designers of America in 2012. Carrie resides in Burlington, Vermont, with her husband and their three children. Come on in and meet the one, the only, the amazing Carrie O'Brien. All right, today on Dear Found Her, we have Carrie O'Brien, who is the founder, CEO, and head designer of a brand that many of you are probably familiar with commando I am so excited that she's here I've been really really looking forward to this conversation and this interview because Carrie and commando has been around for nearly 20 years which is really a huge accomplishment so Carrie welcome to dear founder and congratulations on all of your success
1: thank you so very much thank you
0: so I would love for you to share with everyone how you started Commando, maybe for people who don't know what Commando is. Tell us what it is. Give us the full rundown.
1: Okay. So my name is Carrie O'Brien. I run a company called Commando. And it started, I want to start from the beginning. I grew up in Vermont. Okay. And a lot of people think Commando is based in New York City or, or LA, but it's actually based here in Vermont. And I grew up on a farm in Vermont and I went to school in Boston and I went to New York City and I loved it there. And I climbed the corporate ladder there. And I I would go from um, I went from an administrative assistant from the entry-level position to vice president at the age of 24, 25. Wow. At one of the world's largest peer agencies called Edelman. And I was the youngest vice president, not the youngest women vice president, the youngest vice president. So, and then I went on to work for another agency called Weber Shanwick, which was at the time the world's largest peer agency. And I ran their financial media division. And along the way, something happened. I began to get a little burnt out, but the end of that chapter for me was September 11th. I quit my job the day after September 11th saying, I need to do something different in my life. Let me tell you, it wasn't like, okay, I need to do something different. I'm going to start this underwear company called Commando, which is now a clothing company sold around the world. It it was like, I need to do something different. So I started to write a book. That was the big thing back then. Like people like, oh, I'm going to write a book. I'm sure people still write books. This was like a little conversational book. And it was called Hit the Road Jack. And the, it was a grown women's guide to breaking up because I was sick of my single friends in New York city, breaking up, getting back together. So, and I had an inspirational song list and you know what happens? I got the best rejection letters. I got rejected again and again. I couldn't get a publisher. I couldn't even get an agent. And they said, Carrie, you really need to talk about what you write about, what you know, what do you really know? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to write about PR okay but i am going to write about styling cuz i help my friends style all the time i really like it and one of the things i realized is it didn't matter how many conversations i'd have with my friends that we would talk about what they'd wear from head to toe and they'd show up and we wearing the most horrendous underwear horrendous so i began to write a book called rack management 101 Well, every woman needs to know about bras chickens and duct tape and in the middle of writing that book i shut the book. I put it away. I made fake business cards and I went into a trade show, a lingerie trade show. I looked around and I said, I'm going to transform this industry. And so that is the day I decided to start Commando. And that was 20 years, about 20 years ago. It was when I didn't have any children yet. And now I have three and now I'm living back in Vermont. And now Commando has turned into an underwear, bodywear, your favorite everything line. We do pantsuiting, suiting and, you know, um, we do, we're launching denim later this year. So we're sold around the world. So it's been a journey.
0: Well, that is an amazing story. I love it. And I really, I want to dial it back to that time 20 years ago when you went into that trade show and you, you said to yourself that you were going to transform the industry. What was it? That you wanted to transform? What did you see that led you to say, okay, like this needs to be fixed? Because obviously you saw what your friends were
1: wearing, but when you're at the trade show, it's kind of a different perspective. Well, so- I, yeah, I went there and because remember I was in financial media relations. So I represented publicly traded companies in all sorts of industries. And I've been to a lot of different trade shows and I thought this lingerie trade show was going to be like spectacular like excitement there wasn't any excitement at the show and i realized that there wasn't underwear being being made given my perspective and my friend's perspective the reason i started commando is i loved all sorts of different clothing. I had a pair of denim brand that I could always rely on, a pair of shoe, shoe brand, you know, the perfect black dress brand. I had all these go-to items, but when I opened up my top drawer, I was deflated. I felt like there were three categories of underwear. The first one was the sexy underwear, that it's a male's view of sexy The second one was trying to control you, like, therefore, you have to be smaller in order to feel beautiful, which I don't believe that. And the third one was comfortable. If you want comfort, then here you go. You must not care about how what you look like. So here's the biggest granny panty. And they weren't understanding the fact that the woman wants to be comfortable. She wants to have something that understands her body and looks fantastic on her body. And that doesn't dig into her body. So the whole idea of, you know, it was really a huge advantage for me to not have any formal training at all in design because I didn't know what you weren't supposed to do. So I was, so we, so we pioneered the raw cut underwear. That was, it's still one of our best sellers. It's the Commando original thong that comes in microfiber. Now we do it in cotton and model and all the sorts of things, but people really think, okay, it's because you don't want any panty lines panty lines are a, a byproduct of something that's actually digging into you, which is uncomfortable. Right. Nobody wants that. Right. I don't. So that was kind of the moment, like I am entering this category and I'm going to bring Carrie's perspective. So in that moment,
0: what did you, like? what did you do? I mean, you're, you're a PR person. You were working with financial PR institution. I mean, like that's totally different. Right. So you right. say, I'm going to transform this industry. What was the first step that you took to do this?
1: Well, remember that book I was writing about bras, chickens, mm-hmm. and duck. Do you know what I mean by chickens?
0: No, <laughs> I don't.
1: Okay, so and maybe um, I'm just and and maybe I'm just cloudy today, given given my week. So but. many times, like I would help women find bras that fit them, and sometimes I'd be like, "This outfit that you find, just put in a pair of chickens," and they're oh. like, what are "Those." the reason why a lot of women, and it was meant to be just, it's just an accessory. So a lot of women, like they didn't know they existed because for some reason they were marketed in a way that it was a big secret. Ooh, they're called like, I think they were called secrets or like something. And there was a woman packaged with longingly looking at her breasts. This is not the customer that's looking for this. So I basically took silicone breast enhancers clear in color. I called a mastectomy company here in the United States and I put them in a bright pink takeout container and it was called takeouts, the better boob job. Boom. I went door to door selling that. Okay. I, my first stop was Henry Bendel, way back when yep. and I was at this point I'm pregnant with Jack. So I'm like waddling in like with my little cutout, I went to Kinko. I went to Kinko's so and literally cut out the packaging and scored it and taped it. And it was, I call it my Trojan horse because it really opened up the door to, Hunter Bendel said yes. The reason they said yes is it was a totally unique approach to packaging and accessories. It was a new category of accessories that they could sell. And it was one size, one color. They didn't have to assort the collection. I'm just going to put this on the counter She's going to get a laugh and she probably is going to buy it and love it. And it's just kind of a fun thing. So next thing you know, like after Henry Bendell, I went to the West Coast and I went door to door to the cool boutiques up in the boutique, you know, up and down the coast on the West Coast. And several weeks later, gave birth to Jack. Next thing you know, I'm in People Magazine because all the stylists are wearing, are asking for it. Like, I think the set of Stepford Wives kept on FedExing dozens and dozens and dozens to the cast. And I was in a few hundred stores within within months. Hi guys,
0: it's me, Lindsay. I'm not sure if you're aware, but over the last nine months, I haven't just helped big enterprise brands on their marketing efforts through my consulting firm. I've also helped over a dozen women small business owners in launching their companies, building their brands, and to tweak what wasn't working. I've been building and growing brands for nearly 25 years, but I've forever used one method to build my own brands and that of my clients and students. My signature sweep method utilizes social media, your website, emails, events, partnerships, and publicity to generate and execute cost-effective, community-centric marketing strategies. If you're looking for that added layer of guidance, please reach out. There's a link in my show notes. Book a call with me and let's see how I can help you. I can't wait to meet you and learn about your business. Now back to the show. So how do you transform from that one product... To that next product? And what was that next product?
1: Well, we, it's funny because I thought, oh my God, this is great. I'm going to be able to retire. This is a big idea. And then these boutiques were like, this is selling really well. What else do you have? I'm like, what? I have to. I have to come up with newness. Of course, now I know it's all about what's new. You keep keep what is working and you don't deviate from quality of what you have in your assortment, but you always have to evolve your brand with technology and fashion and fit. So the, the next big category I went into is underwear. I was so disappointed in my underwear. And I just asked a simple question. Why does there have to be elastic in underwear? Why? It's my nemesis. People were like, oh, well, if you have a thong, it resolves panty lines. That is so not true. It, what it does is just pinches your hips, which even looks and feels worse. Yep. So I decided to tackle the underwear industry. And that's when the, th- the original Commando Thong is, um, was created. And, you know, this is how I did it. I went in and I asked questions and I wasn't embarrassed or afraid that I didn't know the industry. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was very honest. I told them about my background and I told them what I was trying to do. And you know what? I'm a true believer. People like to help other people. I just really think that. And if they can't help you, chances are, they know someone else that can. So if you can just go down that road and be humble enough to know that, you know, you don't know the answers. That's why you're asking. It's okay that you don't.
0: Your brand name is genius. Thank you. I mean, it is absolutely genius. So how did you get to that name? Like, did the underwear, did the product come first and it was the Commando Thong, or was it like, I'm going to create a brand called Commando? And like, it is such a powerful name that you have created for your brand. And so I'm really interested into how you got there.
1: Well, I did... I didn't start off with, I'm going to call it commando. I did have a product that was workable because otherwise, why not? Why bother making up a name of something you can't deliver? Because it's always about product. It's always about products, by the way. It doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter how cute the packaging is. You have to establish that relationship and trust with your customer, right? But this is how I thought of it. I did think of it. And I was doing something called brainstorming in the negative world. And I was brainstorming, what is the worst thing I could call this company? I was going through going through and commando came up and I'm like oh my god that's so bad I can't call it commando I'm like oh my god that is so good I can call it commando so I was just like I could have called it anything else like it's so so much more descriptive and but I don't know it just kind of stuck and I loved it and everyone kind of got it at first not everyone I have an interesting story about the one of the first times I showed commando but but then I realized, and then I was like, oh, is this, What, what are, now Do I how do I feel about Commando, the name, after a few years? And I love it now more than ever because as we enter different categories, our tagline was better than nothing. You want to wear clothing that you don't know you're wearing because you just want it to work for your body. You want to feel comfortable. You want to, you just like, if you're thinking about anything that you're wearing, if it's kind of bothering you a little bit, take it off. Don't wear it again. That's not the Commando way. So... Anyway, the funny story is one of the first times I showed my actual underwear line was to Burgdorf Goodman. It was the fashion director there. And i got, I, I, they opened up the door and I was in their offices. They're like, you have a half an hour to set up. I'm like, okay. So I get my purse out. I have a Ziploc bag and I have like, I have like four pieces of underwear. That was my underwear line to start off with. I'm like okay I'm ready it took me like five minutes and they saw the product (laughs) and they loved it and they picked it up right away but they had no idea what commando meant they just loved the product they loved the product which is
0: I'm glad I asked you this question because it is all about the product and if the product
1: doesn't function and it doesn't work you're not going anywhere no it's true that's one of the things that we realized during the pandemic like she leans into brands that she trusts and you have to earn that trust and stay one. And you have, it's a friendship. It's a relationship you have with your customer. And I always design for myself, like what would I love to wear? And, I don't like anything to slow me down, especially in my clothing. So I fit test everything. It's called the carry test. I fit test every single thing that goes into the line. And we fit test on real people, real sizes, all of it, not just scaling up a pattern up and down. But she just really comes, she's followed us along from underwear to body suits to um, hosiery to leggings to now CEO suiting. You know, we have a whole suit collection now that's one of our best sellers. And I created it in the middle of pandemic because I was like, she's going to want to be comfortable and she's going to want to look snappy when we're post-pandemic. And she loves it.
0: Well, so I love that you just said this because I mean, you actually just took the words out of my mouth, but I wrote down relationship and trust with the customer. And clearly you have it because if you didn't have it, you wouldn't be able to expand your brand the way that you have. And your customer clearly wants more from you and continues to want more from you. But how how did you kind of go from that, that take? I want to go back to the takeouts, to all of a sudden you have more SKUs and you're growing, what was kind of the evolution in terms of your distribution and how you got the word out? Because those are two very different products that, you know, that you first started with and that you ended up evolving to.
1: Well, of course you remember I was, you know, my background, I was in, in PR, even though I didn't do on fashion PR, I knew having the name Commando would help me get people's attention. Number one, at least in the beginning, I had I knew I knew the stores I wanted to be in that would attract the eyes of creating a grassroots campaign. Does that make sense to you? Yep, absolutely. So, I mean Henry Bendel was the place to go to. Like back, and 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 so then when I went to the West Coast like I told you I would say, "Oh, and by the way, Henry Vendell has put this up." And they're like, "Well," then I was in Fred Siegel and I think it was Lisa Klein back in the day and 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 all of these stores just kind of dominoed in And then that relationship began. So, but I've always believed in a grassroots. Of of course, yes. I mean, People Magazine, us celebrities started wearing, but I want you to remember 20 years ago, you weren't allowed to talk about what women were wearing for underwear. Like the stylists and and the celebrities would be like offended that you would even want to get credited for them wearing commando underneath because they don't, they're unmentionables, right? So, but now- Everyone's running around with sheer clothing. It's that trend started like over a decade ago, and the people are more than happy to talk about it, which is great. But I do believe grassroots is a a key component to Commando's marketing efforts. The authenticity that we don't pay anybody to wear our product, we don't pay for any type of sponsorships or really advertise traditional advertising. If they want to wear our product, and we've walked so many red carpets, we've been on so many magazine covers. Celebrities love us because they're like they're like all the other, you know, all the other customers. They just love the way Commando makes them look and feel.
0: Do you think there's not a right or wrong answer to this? I'm very curious about your opinion. Do you think that grassroots is is as important today with the growth and the explosion of social media as it was when you started? Because we were in a different space 20 years ago when it came to marketing your product and your business. You didn't have social media.
1: Right. Well, you know, I really think that's I think that grassroots has been replaced by authenticity. Everyone talks about authenticity, right? You want it to be authentic. They, they I mean people care about brands because they want to know the story of the brand, right? They want to know who they're dealing with. And so, where grassroots was like person to person in the know, now you're able to t- t- speak about your authenticity and doing things like, you know, caring, doing the carry fit test, you know, caring about where your fabrics come from, how they're made. And that all, and not paying people to wear our stuff all adds to that authenticity. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast,
0: an amazing agency providing high quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast. As I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast, Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management. Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business how do you leverage relationships now like you did 20 years ago and I and I say this with um just such admiration because the I mean the way that you grew commando was how I grew my first company I started working with one company and then I said well I'm working with this company so don't you want to be a part of that too and you know yours was stores mines was car seat mine was car seats and strollers and before I knew it I had every you know stroller that was on the floor at bye bye baby paying to be at my events because I was leveraging those relationships so how important is that that today as it was 20 years ago?
1: You know, I have to say I have relationships, but it's not, look, I live in Vermont. I think that I've, I, I, I'm kind of a low key person. It's not, I'm not, I certainly have relationships Commando has a relationship with the stylists and of course with our customers, but and our, with our, with our, both our wholesale and our end customers. But I I don't know if, if, if leveraging a relationship helps us sell more. I just don't. I just don't. I think that it does come down to, does she like your brand? Does she like what you stand for? And does she like how she feels when she wears your product? That is what it comes down to. That's what I think.
0: So we've talked a little bit about your expansion in terms of your product line, but I would love for you to share kind of the growth trajectory of Commando so that our listeners can understand where you've taken this brand in the last 20 years.
1: Okay. So I started off with one product, um, one SKU uh, 20 years ago when I was working out of our basement of our first, our condo, and then our home, our three car garage was our fulfillment center in our basement. We had like eight employees down in our basement. And two, of course, now we have a big facility here in Vermont. Um, we have been profitable every, and we have employees around the world, by the way, around the country, I should say. Um, we've been profitable since day one. It's something that's really important to me. i I always felt like i'm in I'm in business, not just for the vanity of being in business and being in this industry, which is certainly very exciting and 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 it can be very glamorous during certain times. I'm here. To create an enterprise where I can employ people, um, everyone can share in its success, and I believe in financial discipline. So I've always been profitable, and with for the most part, we have grown every year. Most years, double digits. I mean, there was 2008 was pretty tough. I mean, I have to say, 2008 was tough, but we ended up flat for 2008, which was crazy. Yeah, yeah. crazy. We were down. Over 50% the first two quarters or one or two quarters in 2008. And you know what we did? We kept on ordering. We kept on ordering commando from our manufacturers because we knew if we shut them off, we went from their smallest customer in some of the factories in in the Carolinas to their only customer. OK, during that recession. And we're like, oh, if we shut it off, they're going to have to shut their lights off and probably will never be there when this recession goes back. So we doubled down, talked about trust and partnership. We, we, we went in it together with our factories. We're like, we will we will continue to buy from you. We'll buy these replenishable items that have, are evergreen and we'll get through it. And you know what? We got through it. And When the economy came back, it's really hard to ramp back up if you're not prepared. And then even in 2020, during the pandemic, when every single store in the world that we sold to shut down, we ended up flat for the year. So for me, that was miraculous.
0: I mean, but it also speaks to your brand. It speaks to how much your customer trusts your brand, how much they love you and your product. And again, it goes back to what you were saying before. It's all about the product. People still needed underwear during the pandemic, you know? I mean, yeah.
1: They, wanted they still needed
0: clothes. They needed leggings. They, I mean, and I'm sure there were certain products of yours that did way better than others during that time as well, given what the situation
1: that was going on all around us. Well, we really pivoted during the pandemic. What we did was when I found out the pandemic had an inkling, it was going to shut everything down early in the first quarter. We um stockpiled all of our core fabrications. I didn't like get a year's worth of X, Y, Z. Cause I believe in fabrics. I when I pick a fabric, it is like I anoint a fabric. Like it is like part of the clay. Collect- it all starts with fabric. So we have key fabrications that we use, mostly from Austria and Italy. And I'm like, get a year's worth stateside right away. And we got it here. Since we cut and sew here, we're able to pivot. We're able to make loungewear she, when she wanted more loungewear. We're able to make, you know, all these things that she didn't necessarily come to commando for in the past, but we were there for her during this time in her life
0: which is that's so important. And obviously why you came out flat and out the other side and I'm and why so many brands didn't because they weren't prepared, you know? Oh, I know. How could they, it
1: it was tough.
0: Yeah, it was very
1: tough. That is the joy of um, that is the joy of being the head designer and the CEO you get to make those decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to me, talk to me a little bit about some
0: of the other challenges. You know, you mentioned the glamour in terms of being in a fashion forward brand, but I would love to hear some of the challenges that you've faced and how you've come out the other side. And I think this is really the part of our, our conversation here where people learn. And I, you know, I want to share that not everyone, you know, has, It's not all rainbows and unicorns, even when we're talking about being profitable from day one. So I'd love to kind of hear some of those struggles from you.
1: You want the war stories.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Everyone Um, wants the war stories. Well, you know, I think that it's not all, I think that it's interesting because a lot of people think, I don't, I get the impression a lot of people think that coming up with the idea is the hard part and the rest is easy. I don't believe that whatsoever. I believe that every part of entrepreneurship is challenging and has its obstacles. And that's normal. Everyone should know that that is normal. And of course, the challenges, I mean, I, I talked to two major challenges. The recession was in 2008 was pretty scary. Um, and And you had to be brave. I had to be brave. And also, the pandemic was terrifying, not just from a financial standpoint, but just for everything. And then I had all these employees I was worried about. So you just have to keep on moving forward. But one of the other things that when I finally got a working prototype of Commando, finally I had something. We made it up. I had a freelance pattern maker and sewer make a sample for me. And finally, I'm wearing it, I'm testing it, I'm loving it. I'm like, this is amazing. I, I'm going to go and, you know, I'm going to, everyone's going to love this. I'm just going to go and ask a factory to make it. No one wanted to make that for me. No one. They're like, who are you? What kind of underwear distribution do you have? I'm like, I don't have any. What are your projections? Mm, not really. I don't have any. They're like, no way. And Oh, what? You want to import the fabric from Italy? I don't think so. No. So, I mean the overseas, and, and it was a gift that they all said no to me because I created this great um, this great network of U.S. side manufacturers that I have been with some for decades, and but what happened was I was very discouraged, but I wasn't going to give up because I don't make it for me. So I asked my local pattern maker, who is helping me I go. Do you know anybody that will make this for me locally? She goes, actually. There is some Bosnian refugees that just came and started Vermont Bosnia company and it's a husband and wife and they have a cut and sew operation five, 10 minutes down the road. You should go visit them. So I went to go visit the couple. I told them my idea. I showed them, I showed them the, the, you know, the, the, the prototype and they said, carry my friend we are in this together. We will be, we were in this, we will be there for you. And 20 years later, they're still here for me.
0: What an amazing story. I'm so glad I asked you that because that is like, you know, it's the people who are with you from the beginning that really, you know, they lift you up, they lift your brand up and they lift you up as a person. And I, and I speak the same language that you do. And I have a very similar situations that arose with me. I mean, and I still talk to all of my, Employees from Bump Club, all of them, and yeah. they were many of them were there till the end. One of them was there till last week when she was let go. But um, and so I just I I, I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. And so, what is their role now with you?
1: They are still I, they are still sewing for us. I think they might so be thinking about retirement pretty soon. Okay, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, we they, they it, we have other factories across the um across the country and in other places in the world that can help us do that um i think that you know yeah they've been a part of our history it's nice to have a little sewing facility within 10 minutes but you know we have our own sewing facility here at commando we have about eight sewers here so that's nice too to have your own sample room and, um sewing facility at your own headquarters
0: you know what i love about that story i love that it wasn't just you taking a chance on them they were taking a chance on you you guys were really you were in this together and i think that that's often what makes brands so successful is when everyone is sold into it you know not just the founder it's just everyone's a part of
1: the importance of making it happen yeah no we are uh, look he they wanted to succeed they wanted us to succeed likewise i mean this is just they've been part of our journey and we've had some tough road tough tough bumps along the way did you
0: raise money to to start Commando or was this totally self-funded?
1: I did not raise money. Commando has never taken big bets for better or for worse. We have never taken big bets. When I started off with just takeouts, I ordered like, I didn't want to do a a huge print run, even though economically you're supposed to do large print runs because then the cost per unit is so much more or less. But I didn't want to be haunted by all these empty takeout boxes in my garage if it didn't work. And so I would order a little bit Hoping for success later. And so that would help with capital. Even when I, I don't, have you ever worn our hosiery or tights?
0: I don't wear tights.
1: Oh, you have to. I'm so. going to tell you a story about tights. <laughs> you have to wear tights. Even with our hosiery. I don't wear like, socks even, either. I, oh, I told you about the Bergdorf Goodman story about how I had four pieces of underwear. I could have come out with a whole collection, but I decided to start small. Right. We launched hosiery. I had a black opaque hosiery footless and footed. And that was it. And believe me, it took off like crazy. We have a patent on our hosiery. When I was in corporate, when when I had my corporate job, I had to wear either a pantsuit or a regular suit every day. And I wore hosiery every day. After September 11th, when I was able to move back to my apartment, I threw away and i had already quit my job. I threw away all of my hosiery. And I said, I'm never, ever, ever going to wear you again. Huh? Fast forward several years later, I I have a um a, an appearance at Saks with Addo. Come meet the designer of Commando. And so I'm like, this is so exciting. So I wear a crochet dress and I have my Commando slip. We have a patent on our slips too, by the way, because we put weights in our hem so they stay down. It's amazing. And, and, you know, Commando underwear. And I'm like, oh, this texture is so beautiful. I think I need a pair of nude fishnets to go with this outfit to make it perfect. I went and bought very expensive nude fishnets. And all of a sudden I am non-control. I am in misery. I'm in a bad mood. I told my husband, Ed, I'm like, I'm in such a bad mood right now, but why? I should be so happy and honored that I'm here at the beautiful flagship at Saks Fifth Avenue. And I realized it was my that hosiery, that awful waistband around my, my, my- You were uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. And it had become, since I was so used to commando, it was entirely unacceptable to me. It affected my mood, and it. but it inspired me because I'm like, I'm going to commando the hosiery industry. And we did. We did.
0: What's the future for Commando?
1: Well, at Commando, we like to say, we um, we make your favorite everything. So we are gonna continue. We started with the top drawer and we're gonna continue to work down and earn you know, more share of her closet. Like imagine opening up your closet and loving everything in your closet and you wanting to wear everything in your closet. How simple would your life be? Okay, that is what Commando wants to provide to, um, women and maybe one day men.
0: That's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. As a female founder, what are you the most proud of? Uh,
1: It's hard because I don't know what it's like to be a male founder, but I will say, thank you for saying that. Fair question. I accept, you know, people have sometimes asked me, what is the hardest thing you've ever done? It is hard to be a mom. I have never been more scared more vulnerable, more happy, more emotional than being a mother. It has been incredible and challenging and scary and joyous and layering that on top of growing a company. Like I call commando my fourth child. I have three children. Sure. It's my fourth child. It could be my fifth. If you count my husband as my child, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> No, you sound like me.
0: Yes, <laughs> we, speak, so, um, we speak the same language. <laughs>
1: so I think that's what I'm most proud of is that I was able to do this m- my way. And I know that sounds a little Frank Sinatra-esque, but you know, I everyone now is like moving to where they want to live because the pandemic allowed everyone to work remotely. When I started this company, we moved to Vermont because I wanted to go back to Vermont because I'm a fourth generation Vermonter. And everyone's like, "What are you doing living in Vermont? You're you're a clothing company." At first, I was just I was an underwear company. Now I'm a clothing company. I did it because that's the way I wanted to live. I wanted to raise my children in Vermont. I wanted to live here and I wanted to do it my way. So it doesn't make any sense. Just like it doesn't make any sense at all to some people that we still manufacture in the United States. It doesn't make sense that we buy fabric from Europe and cut and sew them here, or we fit test every garment. It's just the way I wanted to live. And, you know, it's, it, it's been exciting. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I was inducted in the CFTA, the Council of Fashion Designers of America several years ago. I'm sure I'm the only one from Vermont that has ever been <laughs> inducted. Um, one of the few at the time, I was in Intimate Apparel, just into, in Intimate Apparel, and I was one of the few of that. So I don't know. It's been a journey. It's been a good one. It's been you know a good one. You know why I
0: love how you answered that question? Because you answered that question in a way that no male founder ever could.
1: Yeah, I, Yeah, that's true. That's
0: you're right. You're right. You know. And yeah. and I and I think too. Like I totally um I'm right there with you in terms of being a mom. It's really freaking hard to be a mom. And it's really hard to be a mom who works and it's really hard to be a mom who works and has their own business and then has other people relying on them outside of their family. Yeah. There's, yeah. you know, it takes a lot of mental space to to do that and it's it's really hard. And so I appreciate your honesty and transparency in that because you can't always do everything, you know, we, no, you, know. you
1: can't. this whole thing about having it all, and you can do everything. It's just not true. You have to pick your spots. You have to decide, and you have to be a little unapologetic about it. I love the fact that my son and the two girls sat there and watched, they were part of the, there, there's pictures of Jack in our warehouse, in our basement, um, in a, in our garage, you know, they were part of our journey and they remember it. And they saw how hard we worked. And some nights we we're like super psyched about something. And other nights I was like, oh no, I don't get as upset anymore. I don't have those little things uh, up and downs as much, but they're part of the journey. And I, I think it, I think it adds, adds something for them. What do they think of it? We don't. Do they ever talk to you about it? Well, I'm a believer that I don't think that just just for me personally, I don't think that I'm not I don't think that it's a given that your kids should work for you in an industry, right? A business. In fact, I would argue the opposite is true. So one time I said, they asked me, "Do you think that you're going to ask us to go work at Commando and run Commando one day?" I go, "No, no, I don't think so. I want you guys to do you. I want you to live your life and find your passion." He goes, "They all went, oh good, thank God." So I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. But um they do ask questions. We try not to make a huge deal out of things because we have had a lot of celebrity moments, you know, where you know, the red carpet moments or where you see it in on TV and or oh, the Super Bowl's on, and you know, the backup dancers are wearing commando. Oh, there's Gwen Stefani, Rockefeller Center wearing our pan leather leggings, singing. And and I don't want to make a big, big deal out of it because they like the product just like my neighbor would like the product. Yeah. You
0: know what I mean? Hi, guys. It's me, Lindsay. I wanted to tell you about Honeybook, the new tool I've been using to automate my business. This past December, I felt that things were a little bit disjointed. My coaching and consulting contracts and client acquisition process wasn't automated, and honestly, I just kind of felt like a mess. And then someone introduced me to HoneyBook. They're the leading client flow platform for independent businesses, and it's what I use to make my client acquisition and payment processes as easy as possible, not just for me, but for you. HoneyBook allows me to manage my workflow and my client experience, streamlining all the steps that it takes to sell and deliver my personalized services. By combining tools like billing and contracts and client communication, Honeybook helps independents get organized and provide top tier service at every step and I have loved it so far. The best client experiences truly are built on Honeybook, and I am totally sold. You can check out the link in my show notes and give it a try for a dollar a month through february twenty seventh I love how humble you are <sighs> I mean really, like you're just so normal and real and and i I just I, that says so much about you and the brand and also the life that you're living and everything about your story is just really awesome. And I'm so excited to share it here. I mean, really and truly. I want to ask you one last question. It's the last question I ask everyone. And that are that is, what are three actionable tips that you would give to another female founder who's maybe just getting started today?
1: Okay. I may be repeating some of the things I talked about earlier, but I think that you need to recognize and acknowledge and accept that there are going to be obstacles every step of the way. And that is normal. Don't listen to success stories like me and other people and say, Oh, it was so easy. Um, it It is a long road. It's a challenging one, but that's normal. It doesn't mean you're doing something wrong necessarily. It's normal. I would say, so in that sense, it's going to be challenging. I think also have curiosity When I have this saying, when in doubt, check it out. Like have your, like go to that trade show, go meet that person who wants to meet you. Check this out, meet with that person because down the road, you never know when that relationship or what you're going to learn in that journey of being curious and being open to new experiences. I think that's really good. And the final thing I would say, and I think it's so important, ask for help ask for help and you ask if they can't help help you it's the there's another question you ask if you can't help me do you know someone that can I have gotten so many doors opened up for me because I didn't say didn't start with just the first question I followed up with the second part of that question which is equally as important as the first part um so I could go on and on and on but those are probably my top three Carrie
0: O'Brien, founder, CEO, and head designer of Commando. Thank you so much for being on Dear Founder. Thank you for sharing your story, your honesty, your knowledge, your wisdom, your passion. I am so excited to share this with our community.
1: Thank you so much. This was fun.
0: I told you you were going to love today's episode. And I wanted just to say and point out that one of the things that I loved so much about this episode is Carrie's ability to tell a story. And a lot of the lessons that she shared here were simply stories and really just letting us in to see how it was that she built this business through her own experiences, which really leads to one of the big takeaways today, which is about authenticity. And Carrie and I talked about that. So I just want to point that out to you because her ability to tell a story is really second to none and hopefully you'll remember some of the examples that she shared here because the stories are that good and that is a practice that it really is so hard to master and every founder out there should make an effort to master the practice of telling a good story. So as you know, I love to share my takeaways from every single episode. If you click on the link in my show notes and subscribe to my newsletter, you'll get them sent straight to your inbox with a whole lot of other information on how to grow your business. But for now, I wanna share my top five takeaways from my conversation with Carrie O'Brien. Number one, people like to help other people, and if they can't help you, they likely know someone who can. Number two, women lean into brands that they trust and you have to earn that trust and stay one of those brands in her repertoire. It is a friendship, and I love that Carrie described it like that, but you have to earn that with your customer. Number three, grassroots has been replaced by authentic- authenticity today. People care about brands because they wanna know the stories behind the brand. Grassroots is person to person in the know now you speak about your authenticity. Use your experience to add to that whenever you can. Number four, every part of entrepreneurship is challenging and has its obstacles. It's totally normal. Everyone should know that it's normal. And number five, ask for your help and ask for help. And if they can't help you, you need to ask do you know someone who can? And that is such a great lesson. Thank you so much, Carrie O'Brien, for sharing your story with us and your knowledge and wisdom. And thank you to everyone who joined us for today's episode. Please stay tuned for another amazing and all new episode coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday.